Now, I don't know about anyone else in the room, at home, but I sometimes feel like following Jesus, I can get option anxiety. I can think when I'm trying to discern the will of God for my life, where are you calling me to go, who are you calling me to be, it can be like, there's so many things that seem like a good thing. What do I do? How do I pick? How do I choose? Where do I go? Where do I invest my time? Um, And for me, I know I can struggle to find out, God, what is your direction for my life? I don't know if there's anyone else that feels like that, that it's sometimes a struggle. But I think that this psalm, if you feel like uh, that is for you, um, is for you. As it says, he guides us on paths of righteousness, on right paths. Um, So have hope. Have hope that this psalm is for you. And when we're coming to a time now where we're thinking, how do we come out of this? What do we do? What do I, what do I prioritize in my life? I believe this psalm has a lot to say to us. And um, I want to caveat this, that you know, we all know that faith in Jesus isn't just three steps to a neat and tidy life. We walk the narrow path, which is often harder than the other way. But um, what I do think this psalm has to show to us is some of the hallmarks of what it is to be led by God, and perhaps a bit of an answer to the cry of, I don't know how to move forwards. Um, Now, as we've said, we're we're looking at, he guides me along right paths. And I'm just going to read to you a little part of that chapter um, and the next kind of chunk in the ESV translation, because I love the way it elaborates on what it's saying there. Um, It says this, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So how do we know how to move forwards? Well, I would say that one way we can, we can try and discern, God, what is, what is it you're calling me to, is are we walking in righteousness? Is what God is calling me to a righteous path? Is it a thing that God would do? Is it a thing that God would call me to? And the, the first place to look for is, is this a righteous thing to be doing? Is, does it look like Jesus? He is the one who is righteousness, that became sin for us, that gave us his righteousness. Does it look like him? And does it feel like a path of righteousness that I can say, yeah, I think I'm moving, I'm, I'm moving in righteousness here? Two, is it for his name's sake? Will it lead to him being glorified? Who's going to get the glory in this situation? Um, and I think, you know, when we talk about, you know, we want to glorify God, we maybe have a picture in our head of um, a bearded man, maybe someone that looks like Jared, I don't know, Stand, standing on top of a post box reciting John 3.16, um, and that's kind of what we think of, yeah, it, that's what God being glorified is, but it's so much more than that. It's not just those outward works. Um, God might call us to that. Who knows? If I might go into Wimborne later and see one of you on top of the post box, and well done. But um, what it often means is... Um, is, is this going um, to be something where I can put God at the center? Is this going to bring him glory? Is this something where he can be front and center, a conversation, a relationship, a business endeavor, whatever it may be? Um, can God be at the center of this? Now, I started reading it kind of around, around Psalm 23 when we were when I was asked to preach on this and look at some commentaries, and commentaries are just books that 
try to explain the Bible with varying degrees of success. And um, I, I found this amazing quote in one of these commentaries. Uh, and it just brought me a huge sense of relief, of peace. And it said this about uh, the, the particular verse, verse 3 of Psalm 23 that we're looking at. The shepherd, that being God, was a guide. The sheep didn't need to know where the green pastures or still waters were. All he needed to know was where, to, where the shepherd was. The shepherd would guide the sheep to what he needed. All the sheep needed to know was where the shepherd was. The shepherd would guide him to what he needed. Now, um, I've prepared a couple of pictures of sheep just to show you what happens when sheep don't have a good shepherd or try to be the shepherd themselves. So as you can see, uh, this little man's got himself stuck in a fence, unfortunately. There's another one, I think, coming up. Yeah, they're kind of up there, lost on top of a cliff. And actually, if you Google sheep's getting lost, you'd be amazed the amount of stories of sheep doing incredibly stupid things only in the last year. Incredible. Um, I wanted to show the viral video some of us might have seen a few months ago, um, but I can't for YouTube and copyright reasons and stuff like that, of a sheep. There's this amazing video. It's 30 seconds long. Go and watch it when you get a chance. This, uh, this young lad is pulling this sheep out of a ditch, and he's working really hard. He's got like a strap around the sheep's leg. This poor little thing is stuck in this ditch, and he manages to pull him out, and it's like this moment of, ah, oh, thank goodness. The sheep bounds off, takes about three steps, jumps, and dives straight back into the ditch. <laughs> about 10 meters further forward. Please go and watch it. Go and watch it. So we're clearly dealing with highly intelligent creatures here. Um, but what I, what I want to say that is freeing about this is that we are the sheep. We are not the shepherd. We are not the shepherd. I find that incredibly freeing. It's not... Um, it's, the sheep don't worry, you know, well, I wonder if the, shepherd, well, the way the shepherd's planned is really the best way. Or he hasn't changed direction for a while. Do you think he's forgotten us? The sheep just follows. Or they find themselves stuck in the fence. Or they find themselves lost on a cliff. Or they find themselves stuck in a ditch. We are not the shepherd. We are the sheep. We are the sheep of, of God's flock. He wants to lead us. And as we know from the rest of the psalm, he wants to lead us to green pastures. To green pastures. Our role is to follow him. So if you find yourself at the moment, you're feeling lost, you're feeling disconnected, or you're wondering like others have, of, I don't know how, I don't know how to move forwards. I think the Lord would want to say to you this morning to let the burden of that question fall on him and his shoulders, and for you to simply ask him, Lord, where are you leading me? And see what he says. In the Gospels, it says of our relationship with God that we are the sheep, he is the shepherd, and we know the shepherd's voice. We're designed to be able to hear the voice of God. And so, um, as Mike showed us last week, very, very helpfully with the staff and with Ava as well, if we're going the wrong way and we're submitted to his will, he's going to pull us out. He's going to redirect. He's going to give us a nudge and say, how about this way now? How about this way? Now, I just, I just think, for me, that is a totally freeing truth. That actually, when I'm thinking about my life, I don't know about anyone else, but I can be quite prone to overthinking things. 
when I'm thinking about my life, what is it? What am I doing next? What is the right thing for me to do? I'm not the one leading the way. I'm not the one leading the way. I'm the one following. There's one who's gone ahead of me to lead the way. And so I can listen to him, hear out, listen out for his voice and see what he's doing. He's not going to let you go. He will not let you go. Now, we, we have a bit of a saying in our house, in the Pritchard household, um, when we're getting worried about the future or when we feel like a, maybe we've, an opportunity has passed us by and we've just not, we've not snapped it up or if we're in a, re, a, a season of waiting for something to change, um, we sense there's maybe something new that isn't coming into fruition yet. We maybe feel a bit of an in-between season. We have this saying that we say to each other and the saying is, trust before the breakthrough. Trust before the breakthrough. And I know from personal experience, it's so easy to trust God after we've had our breakthrough, isn't it? It's so easy. You know, when you've got the job you've been praying for for years, when your child comes back to faith, when you've made it through your exams, whatever it may be for you. And if I had a penny for every time Beth had said to me, we knew he'd do it. We knew he'd do it. I would be a very rich man. But I would want to say, trust God before the breakthrough. And Psalm 23 screams to me of a man who trusts God before he has seen his breakthrough or his deliverance. We heard the other week, didn't we? Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He's not negating the fact he's in a, he's in a valley. He's not negating the fact that actually this is a really difficult time in his life. He's saying, even when I walk, still I will fear no evil. And as I've said, our, our role as a sheep in this relationship is to trust and follow. It's not on us to have the answers or the way forward for our lives. And um, there's a beautiful poem called The Gate of the Year by a lady called Minnie Louise Haskins. And it says what I'm trying to say in a much more beautiful way. So I'm going to read it out. It says this. And I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, Give me a light so that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. So I went forth and finding the hand of God trod gladly into the night. And he led me towards the hills and the breaking of day in the lone east. So if you're coming to this time and you're saying, I don't know how to move forward, so I don't know how I'm supposed to come out of this season. It feels like everything's changed and just to go back to how I was before wouldn't feel like the right thing to do. Um, maybe, you're, maybe you've got this option anxiety that I talked about before. You've got all these things that you could do, what, all these good things you could do, but what's the God thing? Or perhaps actually that question um, from you, how, I don't know how to move forward, is more... I've lost someone. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do life now. I would encourage you this morning, as that poem says, to give your hand into the hand of God. It will be to you better than light, better, than a, better and safer than a known way. Um, and that is the way forward in this time. Now, I... Um, Recently, Beth and I lead the, lead the young adults group here, um, which we love doing. 
Um, hi, everyone, if you're at home. Uh, we love leading the Young Adults Group. And in talking to people, you know, young 20-somethings over the last little while, um, in our church, outside our church, I've realized that for people of that age group, I think it's probably for people of other age groups as well, that often there is a struggle of when they're trying to work something out of, you know, what's God calling me to do? The question, but how do I know it's God? Always seems to come up. I have this sense that I should do this, but how do I know it's God and not me? I have a feeling I should be putting my time into this, but how do I know it's God? I have a feeling I should be investing in that relationship, but how do I know it's God and not just me? And I think um, one of the things this psalm talks about, he leads us behind, behind, beside peaceful streams, as it says. And um, I want to read from Colossians quickly for you guys. Colossians 3.15, which says this. Uh, Here we go. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. I'll read that again. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Now, the context of this um, this verse in Colossians the, is that the church in Colossae, um, I believe that's the right way to say it, um, Colossae, if you have any better pronunciations, do let me know afterwards. The church in Colossae were under pressure to believe these false teachings. Um, and from what the research seems to point to, these were kind of quite mystic ideas around the spiritual realm, around um, almost, almost superstitious stuff of you need to do this to protect you, or you need to do that to protect you from evil spirits and all that kind of stuff. And so the context of Paul speaking to these guys is, you don't need any of that stuff. All you need is Jesus. He's done it. All you need is Christ. That is the context of the book. Um, and so this, this, um, this passage here that says, let peace rule in your hearts, um, I've been doing a study on discerning the voice of God at the moment, and the, the cool thing about this passage is that the, that word in Greek for rule is used elsewhere and is translated as to judge or to umpire. Um, I love that, that peace would be the umpire of my soul, that there is peace stood in a white coat somewhere in my, in my being saying, that's in, that's out, that's in that's out. I'm allowing that in. I'm not allowing that in. You're out. Um, I love that idea that actually um, we would have an umpire of our souls helping us see what is of the Lord, what is of God, what is for me in this season, and that umpire is peace. That umpire is peace. Um, And I think that uh, we as as spirit-filled believers, when something is not feeling right in, in just in, in the, I don't know what to call it, in our soul, um, in our being, often that is just a, a, a sense of uneasiness that, okay, this might not be from the Lord. And then sometimes um, you will have, I'm sure you will have experienced a decision that just felt right. It felt peaceful. When you stepped into it, it felt peaceful. It might have been a nerve-wracking decision um, to the eyes of others, but to you, it just felt peaceful. It felt easy. It felt the right thing. 
And I believe that um, when something is in, when that umpire is saying, yeah, you're fine, you're in, that is what's happening within us. We feel a sense of the peace of God. It says the peace that comes from Christ. Um, And I know that for me, when I'm trying to discern God's will for my life, when I'm trying to move on, when I'm asking myself this question, how do I move forward? How do I recover from something? Um, Sometimes there's a clear and obvious sign. There'll be supernatural provision for something. There'll be, uh, you'll have a dream, you'll have a picture, whatever it may be. But I find more often than not, um, the the thing that I, I sense as a marker of God's presence over a decision is his peace. And after all, what did Jesus say when he left his disciples to go back to heaven? He said, my peace I leave with you. My peace I leave with you. We've been singing, Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. You could also translate as, Jesus, Jesus, you bring us peace. When you silence the fear in our lives, you bring us peace. And um, I know for us, when we were making the decision to move down here, that felt like a decision that was, it was kind of nerve-wracking in, in some ways. Um, sitting in an interviews for a couple of days with, with all the other, other candidates, it was nerve-wracking. Or um, thinking, you know, people thinking, oh, but you're well-established here. Why, why would you move on? All, all those kind of things, you're growing here. But actually, the more and more we stepped into the decision to move here, to become part of this amazing church, the more and more we felt peace. The more and more all those, all those questions faded away, and we felt there's a peace here that doesn't feel like something of earth. <laughs> there's a peace here that feels like God. So um, I, would ask, I would say to you guys that if you're asking the question, you know, how do I move forward? How do I discern the will of God? What is, how do I recover from this season? Um, I would say that use, use this traffic light analogy. So if you have the red light of conviction, stop. If you feel like there's a conviction in your spirit, you, you feel like you know this is not the right thing to do, stop. Yellow light of dis-ease. Maybe you're feeling like, uh, it kind of feels like it could be right, but I'm not quite sure. Just wait. Wait for the Lord to confirm that. And the green light of peace, go. Go with following the Spirit, seeing what God has to you, for you. So, we stand here at the end of this series, the end of our Restore series, where we've, we've looked back, we've reflected, we've refreshed, we've rejoiced, we've remembered, and now we recover and so how do we recover? How do we move forward? I would say walking with our shepherds, seeking his peace as a marker for his voice. Now, I'm, I'm coming into land. I, I was, um, the other day I was preparing this talk, and I found myself reminded of the very, very famous poem, Invictus, and lots of people will know it, um, very, very famous poem. And I was just thinking of those last two lines, and it says, I am the master of my fate, I am the captain of my soul. I am the master of my fate, I am the captain of my soul. And the more I look back on everything we've learned in this series and through looking at Psalm 23, and actually looking over the past year and a half as well, I would, and how lockdown and COVID and all this has happened, I would say that David is saying the complete opposite to I am the master of my fate, I am the captain of the soul. We are the sheep. If I was the captain of my soul and the master of my fate, my life would metaphorically be 
the sheep diving in the ditch. <laughs> I can say that as a fact. If it was down to me, I would be the sheep that falls back in the ditch over and over again. Because um, I, I mess up and I have to come back to God and say, God, I'm sorry I've messed up. Would you leave me in a path of righteousness? Oh, I've done it again. Would you leave me in a path of righteousness? I would be that sheep. But you know what? I'm not the captain of my soul and I'm not the master of my fate. The good shepherd is. Isn't that a freeing truth? We're not the master of our fate or the captain of our soul. Our good shepherd is. When we try and be the shepherd, we try and put on a weight that was never ours to bear. We try and carry a weight that we could never carry. And it will lead to anxiety, to frustration, and to confusion. Now, as, as church, as the lantern, along with the global church, I think um, at this time people are thinking about how do we come out of lockdown? How do we do church? You'll hear that question a lot. How do we do church? How do we do church as we come out of lockdown? Um, it doesn't feel like going back to just the old way of doing things is the right thing to do. How do we do church? How do we move forward? Um, I want to say don't let an unknown path cause us to have distress or fear but rather for us to say father you're our shepherd you're the one guiding us out of this and we trust that you have the right paths and so the context of any new new thing in our lives any step out in faith is god you're the shepherd now um i'd love for us now grab your cotton wool ball and I was, I was tempted to do a similar thing to what Mike did last week with people coming forward and grabbing these, but I realized actually this is just something for us all to step into. We're all the sheep. We're all the sheep. And so I wanted to just say to you guys, so when you're, if you feel like you are coming into a time when you're thinking, I don't know how to move forward. I don't know what the next, what the next season holds for me. I don't know what to do. Um, I would say to you, hold this cotton wool ball. Put it somewhere where you're going to see it. Put it on the dashboard of your car in the bathroom I don't know in your pocket whatever um, and take this out and remind yourself that you are the sheep not the shepherd to ask God the father the God of love what are you doing in this moment in my life I want to follow you I want to follow you amazing I'd, I'd love to uh, invite the band up actually as we come to the end of our time and we're gonna we're gonna just we're gonna just flow into some worship now. But if for you that feels like actually something I need to come back to, I've strayed from that. I've strayed from knowing my identity as in God. I've taken too much weight on my own shoulders. Why don't you use this song of worship just to say, God, I'm sorry, I come back to you. I come back to the Good Shepherd. God, would you pull me out of the ditch I found myself in? Okay. Let's worship together.